welcome to the Astro All-Stars podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Montgomery, pro astrologer and author of Star Power and Cosmic Power. This podcast is for you if you're an astro-curious modern mystic and ready to free your mind, own your power and create your world. Let's go. Hey, and welcome back to the Astro All-Stars podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Montgomery, and today I have two very special guests uh, that are representing for the Queer Astrology Conference 2023, which is what we'll be speaking about today, Quack, (laughs) Q-A-C, which is Care. Hi, Care, and welcome. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) You're so welcome. Midnight Care, currently midnight in Berlin. And yes. from New York, we have Demetrius Bagley, who is putting this whole show on the road. Whole show on the road. That's yep. it. So Care is a speaker. I did this uh, queer astrology conference in 2020, which Demetrius also put together, produced, and um, found it was really interesting bringing up a lot of different ideas and conversations and I think we are having a proliferation of this now and I think a lot of it's driven by the Queer Astrology Conference as a bit of a hub because everything's just so sort of diffuse through social media. I was thinking this is a nice way to bring everyone together and to platform a lot of uh, really interesting people that we normally wouldn't find or it can be hard to find if you're not in that particular slipstream and get Mm -hmm. exposure to fresh voices and new faces. So welcome. We're going to start with Care as a speaker. So you're French and you're living in Berlin at the moment where it's midnight. (laughs) It's midnight and it's freezing cold. (laughs) And it's so boiling here. So uh, how is that living uh, in Berlin? Is there much astrology, astrology scene in France or Berlin? Is there, is that happening there? Have you found that there? I haven't, but I have to say, I think it's also me not really looking into it. I, I'm sure it does exist. It's just that, you know, sometimes astrology groups can feel a little bit like, I don't feel like maybe it would be my vibe, but maybe I'm completely wrong. I know that, you know, because I'm, and if you don't know, Berlin is a very queer, quote unquote, friendly mm-hmm. city. And so, you know, a lot of queer people are so in tune with it, with astrology. So I think that, you know, I can speak with anybody about astrology. I feel like it would never be weird. In France, maybe it's a little bit weirder. Maybe not with queer people specifically, but when I say that I'm an astrologer, usually people look at me like, uh, what do you mean you're a astrologer? Like, what do you do actually to pay your bills? So, um, but in <laughs> Berlin, it's more normal, I would say, to be an astrologer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're in the right place. Yeah. I feel yeah. like for now, at least I'm in the right place for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, France is such a, when you have such a strong culture, sometimes it's it's a good thing. And then also it doesn't let in new things as easily, I suppose. Yeah. And I think also what is complicated in France is, I mean, it's the same with German language and I don't practice uh, astrology in German. Um, I'm not that fluent in German, but it's really hard to practice uh, with a language that is very gendered for me Mm. as a person who tries to practice astrology in a queer way so you know we don't have they them we do invented some kind of pronouns that is the mix between il and elle which is he and she in French but Ah. which is yell 
but um it's not you know because it didn't exist to begin with it's not as yeah for people and it's like I feel like it, it's it's gonna take a while for France to get there sometimes it feels like this country is a, it's 20 years late you know so <laughs> uh yeah it's latin based languages also it's harder but that's um, it yeah i was just thinking that everything has a gender even the table absolutely yeah so it's really complicated to practice astrology in french non-gendered like it's just i just can't do that i just it's really hard for me so i, I practice everything in english um mm. yeah so i think yeah for the moment i'm in the right space for sure i would love to practice in the u.s to be honest which maybe sound crazy uh but I would love to you know one day maybe go to New York for like some month I wouldn't live there as a social security baby <laughs> I couldn't do that <laughs> but um I do feel like it, it might be fun for me and I also feel really connected to the queer community because people do amazing things like this queer astrology conference I wouldn't Absolutely. find this year so I'm really grateful for the queer people especially queer people of color in the U.S. I'm, I'm really always so inspired Yeah, it's true. Americans are much, they're so open to, I guess, anything that's like esoteric, spiritual, different to everywhere else in the world. I agree. It's amazing. That's probably where most of my base is as well. Definitely would love to go over <laughs> again. It's so, yeah, come to me, Demetrius <laughs> says. It's so fun too. You'll love it. Anyway, yeah. um, so that's interesting. So that takes us into, let's talk a bit more about, um, yeah, what does queer mean to you and then go into what is queer astrology because you've already started talking about approaching um, like using a non-gendered approach, which I'm really into as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. like my main thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so what does queer mean to you? Mm -hmm. I love this question. Um, queerness for me is not really just, or at least it's not an identifier only, but mm. I actually leave queerness and practice queerness as a way to deconstruct and unlearn oppressive and limiting ways of being mm. and relating and uh, especially relating to not only to myself, but also to others and also to the land and the stars. Um, and so, and I use also unlearning because I believe that, you know, queerness was here first in a way, you know, um, the world was queer until we decided to create binaries. Um, so yeah, I feel like for me, queerness is really about practicing, um, just unlearning. Mm, yeah. It's a good, uh, framework to use, I think, especially with the non-binary aspect coming in as well absolutely kind of yeah. decoupling things from gender which astrology mm -hmm. oh my gosh it's such a great tool for that like for me I find like you can easily do it at least in English because you can call things Venusian not feminine you can call things Marsy oh that's you know it's Marsy or it's Venusian and when people say you know someone said about my teapot the other day oh it's very feminine it's very pretty it's very feminine I said oh, it's very Venusian like Venus is present here as an archetype mm -hmm. and they're just like what it was my auntie she's quite old <laughs> <laughs> but I give everyone the lecture I'm like yeah it's very Venusian <laughs> Which yeah I love that we're talking about yeah. yeah and um Demetrius what does queer mean to you Gosh, I don't know if I can answer better than care. Um, That was a good answer, really, yeah. Really took me back to the first Queer Astrology Conference in 2013, almost mm. 10 years ago. Um, 
queer means a few things to me. I think um, I'm Gen X. And so some people still find it a slur. Um, I've always, I, to me, it was introduced as sort of a political um, rod, as it were, to mm-hmm. provoke with um, mm. ah, Stop AIDS and um, I'm, um, I'm forgetting the larger national organization. Um, so like it, ACT it's, UP? ACT UP? ACT UP, thank you. Mm. Um, I kept seeing the silence equals death sticker in my head. Um, so I like to use it in the last decade or so. Well, actually, even before the queer, first queer astrology conference, um, because I think it keeps us uh, as queer astrology can, as the conference hopefully can, keeps us thinking and questioning. I don't think that necessarily means everything has to be, as maybe it does for others, unstable, uncertain. But I think it it also sort of questions how are you super super certain how are you that that fixed um, and some people of course have super fixed charts if I could say it that way um, but most of us don't and yet maybe we sort of ape that um, so that's one of my favorite things really about astrology in general but maybe um, as a queer person maybe I brought that in and uh, card carrying Aquarius son, maybe I brought that into the whole mix. Um, not that I don't have my fixed moments as you just heard, but yeah, there's something, I like how astrology seems to associate itself with curiosity. And mm. I think what queerness does is sort of, um, I think Kara just said, I think it keeps us more open than not to asking questions, getting the answer, and then Oh, there's another question which might be related, might be tangential, might just even be a leap. Um, and, and really going with that and finding, um, if I can say, the beauty, the, the, the Venus in that, the joy. I don't know if that's Jupiter or Venus, but yeah, and, and so on. So that's some of what queer to me. Um, and also to, to uh, as Kara definitely said, step away from binary in terms of um, sexuality in terms of, of course, gender um, and um, gendering people, but also tables to your point and it and. So th- th- those are some things I'm, uh, those are some things that I think about queer. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the, my favorite things from the, the fir- that first conf- the first and second conference is maybe queer, queering queer is just about questioning um, with, with again, without coming to any sort of 100 or even 99% certainty. Um, not that I don't like 99% some days. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there. Uh, or let me throw this out to the audience to think about, um, and maybe we will or won't come back to it in this conversation. Are we questioning some things? Are we questioning some things? I'll, I'll leave that hanging. Mm. Yeah, always good to ask questions and not have definitive answers generally, I would say. And Kay, I see you're a Pisces. Is that right? Pisces sun? Yes. I'm a Pisces sun, romantic forever and always. (laughs) Pisces sun in the fourth. Oh, wow. And do you have um, the Neptune transit yet to your sun? Um, No, not yet. But I feel it. to be honest, I feel like do I really need to feel it coming? Because I feel like I live in Neptune world anyways. Anyway. Like, what is the reality anyways? I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, I feel like it's going to be even weirder, maybe potentially. I don't know. I hope, yeah, my roommates are ready for that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love nip to transits usually, but I have to say it's not really good with capitalism. So mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll swell just being a Pisces generally. Although in Neptune and Pisces era, I've definitely, because I watched this come in and I've seen the arts explode and I have seen that come through. And I guess because a lot of the millennials have that big stellium of Capricorn placements. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a better time. It's a better time to be a creative than in the past, if you ask me as a creative person that went more the astrology way. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. Keep an eye on care for that. (laughs) Maybe I will just do create like a, you know, a workshop around hypnopoetic trances around, you know, water or something. Maybe that's a great way to honor Neptune. Yeah, so care, uh, practice of Reiki, uh, hypnot- you're a hypnotist, clinical hypnotist mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, so Pisces, right? So you're ready, <laughs> you're ready for this. So do you feel like you answered the what is queer astrology? What What is your definition of queer astrology? Have you got more to say on that one? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, for me, it's it's it was hard for me to even, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I feel like astrology is queer by nature just because... I feel like the way that I live and practice astrology is really also as a land-based practice, relational mm-hmm. practice. And the goal for me is to um, create relationship that is already here or like witness and acknowledge the relationship between earth and skies, us and planet ancestors, uh, present and time. And so astrology for me is queer because nature is queer, you know, mm. like, so um I feel like it doesn't really create those false boundaries. And so to come back to that, of course, because of, you know, our history as um, human beings, we've created those binaries based on colonialism and like also the invention of race so that capitalism can be created and, you know, Mm. um, big system that we have to depend on and, you know, um, be in. But um, for me, astrology is queer by nature. I just really feel like, you know, because it's also, you know, when I think about the cosmos or just the universe is just so infinite. And so queerness for me is also infinite. It's just asking those questions and just another mm. question pops in. And maybe you realize, actually, maybe the the goal of this is not to find answers, but to ask better questions. So it's just kind of never mm. ends. Um, so yeah, astrology, I would when people ask me this, I'm always thinking, but then what is system straight astrology? <laughs> like, I don't know if straight astrology would be something that even straight people would actually sign into. I don't know. Uh, maybe they would actually, but um, I feel like astrology is square because it's a land based practice and it's rooted in nature in the cycles of, you know, nature around us. So um, mm. nature is definitely queer. That's a yeah. really good point. It makes just makes me think of it's such an old modality. It predates Christianity. It predates a lot of the way we have binaried up, you know, the way we see things. So maybe that's why it's a little bit of an escape hatch. It's already ready-made from a different system. I think that you can definitely fit it to the regular binary and you can I guess reinforce and uphold that if you want to. Like, you know, those old astrology books where it's just got everything like the Aries man, the Aries woman, mm-hmm. like they're two different species, like it's yeah. just human and yeah, yeah. that really annoys me. But um, yeah. yeah, I think it can definitely be upheld and I've seen 
you know, some of the older astrologers that they're really trying to do things differently and they'll they'll do uh, like same-sex uh, couple sinistry charts and try to work out the sun and the moon and Venus and Mars and they are not sure what to do and it's just like just mm. do it the normal way. You know, everyone's got a Venus, everyone's got a Mars here. You know, yeah. take one and lose your Mars or lose your Venus, like be a whole person. So, yeah, I think it's, there's a point of educating people into, well, how can you use astrology in a non-binary way so that everyone relates to everything in their chart and they don't have to give up kind of half that another person's meant to hold, you know. Yeah, and also knowing that Asians have constructed this system, this technology that astrology is, as a way to understand where they were like imagine you're just like on planet earth and you have to understand like what the fuck am I doing here like what am I supposed to do and you're trying to find directions and so of course what you're going to do is you're going to look around and just see mm. that there's cycles happening and so I don't think Asians saw themselves as separated from nature but actually mm. I think they or at least I, I like to believe that that they saw cycles and how nature was behaving and thinking okay if we understand better our environment then we'll get to understand our landscapes internal landscapes better right it's like it's a, if it's a map and you can find your north with the north star you can find directions now we can find spiritual directions with astrology that's how i practice astrology so mm. and it's great also as an anti-capitalist practice for me because i tell my clients what if you don't have to buy I don't know, people's courses or whatever to find your purpose. So what if you are the purpose and the 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 the, the map is in your birth chart when you took your first breath and you said yes to this life? What if it's that? What if it's that magical? Um, so yeah, I feel like it's just a nice way to just re-enchant our lives because a lot of capitalism has like kind of like, it yeah. just steals our life force, right? And it just makes us believe that we're just here to work. So um, yeah, I think it's a beautiful way also to root this, to root ourselves in among the stars, like Octavia Blutler said. Totally agree. I've been noticing late, I've watched a lot on cults lately. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and yeah, just thinking about courses that I see, you know, in this three-day course or whatever, they're promising a lure of it's really promising spirituality, connection, finding yourself, things that, that people shouldn't be promising, but it was what people really want. And people going into cults, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. They're looking for something more that's non-materialistic, etc. Definitely looking also for community, feeling a bit lost. And I think that that feeling a bit lost time, which can be Neptunian transits, and this is the magic of those transits, is that you just deal with feeling lost. Like you just swim in that water and it's beautiful. I've definitely had those periods in my life. I live, I've got Neptune-Sun conjunction, so I can be quite comfortable with that, but I've definitely had it when it's at next level. And it's, I've really enjoyed it. Just swim and see, and it's a very magical time because you're so open good when you're traveling as well because it's easier to be open things just come to you you don't have to have that certainty that everyone wants so bad and like when people ask you questions they always want certainty from you and if you can't give it to them it's difficult socially like people want to give that so yeah all very interesting so what it speaking of which what is your talk about what are you presenting at the um so 
Yeah, so I'm presenting at the Cray Strategy Conference. Is it, should I say 2023, Demetrius, now, or 2022? 2023? Should I say 2023? Because it was 2022, but then we, yeah, so 2023, yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, cool. So my talk is called um, Care Reimagined, Somatic Lessons About the Four Elements, Fire, Air, Water, Earth. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to do in this talk is, um, it's really about radical care as the center of our practice, especially as astrologers, uh, but also as people who want to practice astrology for their own chart. And um, I kind of start with, you know, astrology is a care practice. So if we think about care, then we have to acknowledge trauma too. Mm -hmm. And trauma is basically um, when we are denied of our basic inherent needs as human beings. And we have three. I created a fourth one to go with the four, four elements, but it's safety, dignity, connection, and belonging. Mm -hmm. And so when we are denied of those um, inherent needs, it constitutes trauma, basically. And so I, in this talk, I link each element with our inherent needs. So mm -hmm. fire relates to our inherent need for dignity because fire tends to um, dance up towards the skies and wants to be seen and acknowledged. So that speaks to our dignity, our need for dignity. Mm -hmm. Air to our inherent need for connection. If you think about air signs, they're always like trying to get in contact and, you know, air as an element is touching everything all mm -hmm. at once. Um, water speaks to our need for belonging. Um, if you think about water, we're 70% made of water, just like the body that we're living on planet Earth. And water also speaks to, you know, if you think about the first waters, cancer is the womb. So it's mm -hmm. really belonging to our bloodline, but also beyond bloodline, especially as queer people. We're so good at creating chosen families. And then earth relates to our need for safety. So of course, earth is the, the element that keeps most its shape. And so, you know, earth says no, but not because it wants to reject, but because it has to support us and has to be under us so that we can walk, right? So um, yeah, that's, um, that's my talk. And um, so I kind of like show people uh, into your chart, how you can um, understand better your needs as a human being. So how can I feel seen? How can I feel witnessed, heard, celebrated? How do I feel like I belong? And so within your chart, you will be able mm -hmm. to create kind of a care map for you to understand what is it for me that makes me feel seen? What is it for me that makes me feel like I belong and all of that? And so I love linking also astrology with somatics uh, as I end also my, my talk with a, somat a somatic practice, um, just because trauma is relational and healing has to happen there too. Um, and astrology is really a re relational practice. We um, practice astrology because we want to reconnect with ourselves, but also others and the land and the skies and the stars. And so I feel like there's so much healing that can happen through astrology. At least I've fostered so much healing through astrology. So I hope that I can um, offer this to folks too. And my hope is that I can turn this into a book at some point. Mm, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think there's a lot to be said for the elements and just breaking it right back down to those basics for sure. You could put Absolutely. The, the qualities of the elements just for extra yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that sounds really interesting. And I think that, yeah, that pretty much speaks to the kind of ideas you get at the queer conference you know aligning those things and show it just opens up the astrology from I think what people often think it is how you can really use it it's so rich 
So Demetrius, can you tell us a little bit more about the talks that uh, will be presented and some of the presenters? Definitely. Gosh, you guys just said so much that I want to riff off of. Let me stay with you. What question though? Um, so we have a more intimate conference this time. This is the sixth astro queer astrology conference. Um, again, we'll turn 10 in July um, and hopefully we will see more, um, which we'll speak about in a bit. Um, six, uh, we have a sextet for our sixth time, which is truly by I don't know if it's by coincidence. I, I think it's cosmic coincidence, if I could say it that way. So you heard uh, Care, we've got Krista Lee, we've got Rainer, we've got Agatha, um, and three others. Um, the one thing that stands out to me, and I'm still, um, I haven't listened to all the talks, to be honest, um, and that's that's timing and right coming up is Mercury and Mars retrograde um, on multiple sides. We've got to talk about baseball. This is one of the few talks, I've been to many, many, as I think we've talked about before, Vanessa, many, many astrology conferences, uh, almost all in person, uh, a few dozen, um, personally being lucky to live in New York. Sports is not often talked about. Actually, relationships, believe it or not, are not often talked about, um, particularly with depth. Uh, and I do mean romantic and or sexual relationships. Um, and that's been striking to see even since that first astrology conference. But we've got one on baseball. Um, we've got another one on relational astrology, which I'm excited about, uh, overlapping the comment I just made. We've got another one about sect and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Sect is a astrology technique for those listening may not know. We've got another talk about that. Yeah, about slash centers on, let me see if I can say it right, Andean astronomy. So looking at a different uh, wow. mm -hmm. perception of the sky, which I know is something people ask quite a bit about outside of um, quote unquote, the West, if I can say it, slash Western world. There's a talk about sacred rage, which overlaps a book that I'm reading fictionally about the Trojan War. That's quite interesting. Uh, that's about Eris, E-R-I-S, without going into Eris. Um, and then again, cares, um, care reimagine. So those are the six. Um, and I hope people will um, check those out. Um, and what's interesting coming from right when you did it, Vanessa, in 2020, there were almost 40 talks or 40 pieces somewhere around it was table, huge. right? Yeah, it was right. huge. It was this huge gargantuan thing because we didn't say no to anyone, even though I'm glad we did it, but the goal was to be about half of that it was about to be no more than 20, but you know, like life happens. Um, and there was just a lot of juiciness and it was 2020. It was wild. Yeah. Right? <laughs> juicy year or a few years in one, as it were. One of the things that stands out that Kier just reminded me of is, um, and something that you said too, just in the last two or three minutes, the first one to me, I would say the first two, maybe the, the second one, the, the talks were much more political, maybe socio-political, but political mm -hmm. first and foremost, and did talk quite a bit about relationships, client and astrologer, um, in that order often, and, and a few other things without trying to parse all that out. These talks, I think, as a through line are much more intimate and sort of this, um, I don't know how to explain better. They're coming from, um, they're not trying to talk so much about society and out there. They feel like they're much more inner. It feels like they're coming from a heart space 
as opposed to the first was just trying to claim space um, in the talks and in this, um, yeah, I'll say, let me say landscape, I don't know if I want to say community singular, of astrology. Um, I'll try to unpack that a, a little bit before we um, go here. I want to circle back and still answer this question to uh, sort of the first question you asked me today, Vanessa. This set of six, I think, is, again, more heart. Um, I think all of the, astro the queer astrology conferences have been very smart and been very um, sort of pushy, or at least pushing, right, to um, take up the space, as folks say, and bring something um, not always new, although often very new. I'm like, I don't think I've uh, seen this talk on a roster before. But there's also something, and I, I'm not sure if I captured or, uh, in my head how you just said it, Care. I think what queer astrology does in general, however we want to talk about queer astrology, and I've seen through the conferences, um, I haven't been to all of them, I didn't, I didn't get to the fourth one in, in uh, Portland, is they really talk about the chart as a circle and a whole and a 360 and the person like that. Mm. So, right, people, we're all hyphenated, right? We're all as an offspring of a parent. We might also be a sibling. We might be this professional role. We might be this community role, right? And we're in multiple communities and so on. I think that's all very, certainly from this standpoint of the 20th century, early 21st, is very queer and, and is very different than the paradigm that does, as Kara said, uh, or both of you said different ways. One is to put us in a box, right? Sort of to trim away the roundness, the fullness, the wholeness. I keep thinking of the chart um, and against literally sitting in that Saturday, those Saturday, Sunday sessions um, and had been practicing astrology or studying astrology, quote unquote, practicing um, here and there practicing um, for what, 15, almost 20 years at that point, maybe more without trying to do the math here, but a little over 20 actually doing the math correctly now. And it was, it was so refreshing, y'all. It was so refreshing because it was, well, we don't need to gender all these things, right? Just, I love what you're saying about uh, the teapot and Venus. We can keep the magic in the tool and move it forward and bring the language with it. Mm -hmm. Also remembering, wait a minute, I, I, I don't know who, which of you just said, this all predates these very man-made things that have really been pushed to extremes in the last few centuries and even in our lifetimes right the last few decades um and i've been a vegan as long as i've been a little bit longer a few weeks longer than i've been an astrologer or as a, 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 a woo person if you will a woo, woo person and i think a lot about in, in even in this conversation cages right these literal boxes right and not the freedom of space and the fullness and being able to uh, I'm making a gesture if you're listening on audio to run or walk in a circle as you know all, uh, some creatures do. I don't think all creatures do. So uh, I just want to push this a little bit more and then and be quiet at least on this. There's wholeness that astrology invites, particularly if the astrologer can get out of their way and thus really give more to the client. Not all of it, <laughs> that's a lot to take in. I think anybody's life, astrology or not, whatever the modality is, is a lot to take in. But astrology, isn't it so fascinating how we can just get right in there, never met the person, give me a few minutes to pull up this chart on the computer, okay, I need to look at 
what's going on here. Of course, we've put in uh, dozens, if not hundreds, maybe thousands of hours of study and practice and discussion and going to conferences and so forth. But really being able to help someone be like, you're good. Uh, Mercury and Pisces is my favorite example. A lot of the books I read, which were, I started studying in 94, 1994. So right, the books are from the 80s or 70s. I don't think I touched at first any sort of books pre predating sort of this. Uh, uh, I take that Linda Goodman late sort of 60s books, but anything pre Linda Goodman, I didn't touch until much later. And they're super gendered. And I don't know if, uh, I don't think a lot of people listening, uh, if you're millennial, you're not, I don't I think you'll remember this, but I might be wrong in Gen X here. And I very crisply remember growing up in the 70s and 80s and gen, I, I wouldn't even say gender roles, That's that sounds expansive. Men were supposed to pretty much be X, Y, Z and women were supposed to be Z. It was very codified and the 80s started pushing that. You can look at, I mean, and Bowie was doing it in the 70s, but a lot of uh, 80s acts started pushing and uh, I mean, Boy George coming out was radical, y'all. Radical. <laughs> I love Boy George. <laughs> radical. Early 80s and Reagan's just come in in the U.S. That was, but the music was and still is great. Thank you very much. That was radical shift. And we get to the end of the 80s and things have just loosened up. And I could go on a whole rant there and I don't have enough time to pull together a talk I want for this astrology conference. But yeah, just uh, uh, there's a whole Aquarius thing there. I'll just throw mm -hmm. that out there, um, which I've spoken about before, but want to refine the talk um, and present it again. But the way we're in this hashtag new age of air and the way that astrology is more available and all these different planets that have been in Aquarius over uh, the last 40 years and we're going to continue on right with Pluto, which would be quite interesting as the quote unquote final, I don't know about the final act, but the final planet um, or major planet to go through is I think we're going to move all that even more forward with the technology that um, said something about Vanessa. And I mean, astrologers can now cast a chart in seconds or even non-astrologers. I learned by hand, y'all, with a compass and wow. a pencil, which is quite fascinating and fun to yeah. do math but it took like two hours to do a chart it took two hours to do because you were calculating right each position and cuss by hand and maybe you double check yourself maybe you don't and 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 okay now you start interpreting but to be able to you know let that two hours go and spend two hours interpreting and then maybe dialoguing that takes things further and i'm hoping in this 21st century astrologers will really um get out of their own way and check themselves um, but still be who they are and really help people to be their whole 360 and come out of this, those, mm -hmm. the square, if you know this term, I think it's from the jazz era, but people being square, man, that's really square. Uh, and let me be clear, some days I feel very square. And, and <laughs> but astrology, I think, uh, has always, I think Kara said this better than I will right now, uh, a good few minutes ago, has always invited us to wholeness. But I think that's been attached to what we would say today, or what I'll say at least, is class and money, right? It's been for the royals, it's been for the, the upper class, at least the astrology plus history that I know. And now it's, it's quote unquote for everybody. I mean, people can do their own. Um, that's a drastic change in our lifetimes and certainly over the centuries and millennia. That's so, so Aquarian, that's isn't it? Yeah, the knowledge to the people, mm -hmm. thanks to technology. 
Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And it's a, that's a good, great point, Demetrius. I hadn't thought as much about that for Aquarius. But yeah, there's this continuing of planets through Aquarius that has been going for decades now. Like the handoff, like I've been watching the Aries handoffs, a little bit of the Aquarius, but now that you mention it, it is, yeah, this is going to be that final installment. Like, And also the people coming through with those Aquarius placements of course Gen Z which care I'm thinking you must be Gen Z no I'm I'm Gen Y I'm 30 I look like a 14 year old (gasps) boy but (laughs) (laughs) so you're a millennial yeah so you don't have I love that so do you have the outer planets in Capricorn no so basically like I'm going through my sun return so it's the end now it's the very end and it's going to go into Pisces and to Pisces soon I think it's March 7th isn't it like something like that or maybe the end of March I think it was the 23rd but now yeah yeah yes the Lord yeah yeah you look really super young and also European no sunshine (laughs) everyone looks like a baby yeah maybe it's that I I am often you know thought to be 20 but I love that I mean I think it's also because I as I dress like a 14 year old skater boy but I do I I am 30 and um god my knees and back feel like 30 or like more maybe I don't know I always say (laughs) I'm a grandpa in practice so you know I try to like now I take everything like away from my back because I see how getting stuck on this computer is not gonna help me Uh uh-huh Yes, possible. but um, yeah, it I'm I'm yeah, that's the problem with our lives now, but um, yeah, I have my son like my son return going through with Aquarius, and it's just the last three years. I'm gonna do a party, y'all, when it's over because wow, Saturn. I mean, I love Saturn so much, but they really kicked my ass. I have to say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a night child too. I have to say, so maybe it's a little bit hard, more hurtful, you know, than you know diurnal's chart but um it's been quite a it's been it's been I mean, this <laughs> yeah this that's last year I think for everybody that's interesting you say you call Saturn they I always wonder like with the planets some things I'll just say uh it some things I'll say I'll mix the genders to what people mm-hmm. normally do I kind of tend to mix it up they's good and Sometimes I'll just gender everything she, and it's funny, Care. I watch some of your videos and your uh, your older ones were saying, now don't get offended, I call everyone girl. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you still I do. Think that's, but... I think it's also a black thing sometimes. We're like, girl. Hey, girl. On. Yes, that's true. So, yeah, I'll, I'll she a lot of things, but I think it's really important to mix it up just for people's brains to be like, oh, they never even see those two things together, like Mars as she or mm-hmm. Venus as he, you still rarely yeah. see it. Maybe I'm just in the wrong algorithms, but I look for that <laughs> and I very rarely see it and I very rarely hear it. I do like, Absolutely. yeah, if you can neutral, ne- neutral would be great as well, I think. It's yeah, it is great too. I use it a lot too. Yeah. But sometimes I love to say they just because they feel so present in my life. that I think that's good. You know, I think that's good. I feel like I haven't used that much and rarely see it, but it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I quite like the <laughs> multiple idea of they for the planets because they are so many archetypes all in one. So that fits quite nicely. Absolutely. Keeps it I, a little yeah. bit more open. 
Yeah, I always say that I use they, them as pronouns for me also because I, I think it's the plurality that is offered with they, them that I feel so, yeah, much more comfortable with that I'm plural. I have no idea. Ask me tomorrow who I will be. Maybe I will be a different person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like planets too, you know, depending on where they are in the skies with, you know, what kind of aspect they're making with what planet. Um, I feel like they're very also plural and I feel like in my chart also Saturn has been so showing itself very differently so showing themselves very differently so yeah I love the plurality Mm. of they them I love that that's a really great way of seeing it and it's very a Pisces I think would really (laughs) relate as well I like to say yeah the multi-hyphen and Demetrius you were talking about multi-hyphen as well earlier I did put that in at least my last book remember yeah we're multi-hyphen and you know astrologers were not just astrologers they were mathematicians this that the other they were literally multi-hyphen these are some of those things so you can see yourself as that okay you just put it in a really great way I like that a lot yeah so they make sense because we are especially Mm. for the mutables I'm like so mutable yeah I'm a Sag rising just so you know so like my corners are mutable too and I feel like also it's just I can't be into one thing it's just I tried but I mean you see what I do I do I don't do astrology only it's been really hard my commitment to when I entered my standard written was like okay I'm just gonna commit to healing (laughs) which was so in healing it was kind of my way to be like okay in healing I can do so many different practice so many different modalities I can do so many different things I can go into sound Mm. into you know, hypnosis, Reiki, astrology, tarot, but still I really felt that it was, it's hard for me to just do one thing. And I think it's, for a lot of us, it's hard to do one thing. It's just that the model that we've been raised in kind of favors people who just do one thing their whole life. But also, have you seen the economy? Who can do one thing? It's definitely no changing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I've de- I reject labels as well. I just always identified as I am a creative person, like Neptune's on my son. Of course, I'm going to say that I'm a creative person. And then I've kind of tried to force myself to be like, be able to say I am an astrologer, but I have focused on astrology, like you realizing you need to have some kind of like central point to anchor everything in all of this into I just decided that would be astrology and then everything else can come into that, but it gives it something knowing how highly mutable Sagittarius, I've got five planets in Sagittarius, Mars is in Pisces, the Neptune's on the sun and Jupiter's on the sun in Sagittarius. So it's just like, I want to be everything. I am everything. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I feel the same. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So even through art, I find, because um, I can do anything that's creative, as you can imagine, with all of that. And I just look at the fixed signs like Taurus. They have this style, like a lot of famous artists have a very distinctive style. And that seems to be really important to people to be able to have a handle on you, that they know exactly what you are and you show up as that all the time. I have Taurus rising, so I, I'm a very consistent person but it's like, don't fence me in. And things that I do, even studying, I did a fashion and textile design degree. And we would, um, a few competitions we were entering as part of our course. And you had to kind of do the idea first and then you get to the next stage. And I couldn't, I would be getting through because I tend to win stuff like that and get traction. 
but I couldn't keep replicating because the next one's going to be different. I couldn't do the same thing again because I'm not fixed. And, the, you know, a Taurus would be like just stamping it out and I just couldn't mm-hmm. do it. And I realized that is probably not a strength in that area <laughs> for arts. But um, with astrology, you know, you can go so many places and it's that flexibility I feel like I've been able to bring into it and then start to open it up from the inside, which has mm-hmm. been supported in these times, which is really great. Mm. Yeah, that's, I also have my moon in Scorpio in the 12th. And that really helps me ruling the eighth. Um, and that I feel like I'm, I'm happy to have a Scorpio moon just because then there's this fixed energy about, you know, um, mm. then I, I really, I can be really set also on something. I'm, I'm really, I can be really stubborn. Um, but I, I love, yeah, I love to like study, practice things that I can go deep in. If this is, if I feel like in mm. within two months, I can do the whole thing. I'm just like, no, give me a 2000 plus year practice. I don't really <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I found that astrology is such an amazing practice also because you would never be able to be like, okay, I've learned everything now it's over. So it's for people just... who just get bored very easily and are curious, this this is just so amazing and then there's the relational relational practice also of like you can talk to anybody through astrology well not yes. anybody but uh you can talk to people through astrology you can you know even if people um which is so funny because you know people will be like oh, I don't believe in astrology but then we'll talk to you about the moon and the ocean for like hours and you're like you know you're 70 percent of water right <laughs> but um <laughs> if the moon kind of like you know has a huge effect on the oceans maybe maybe but um mm. yeah I feel like it's such an amazing also relational practice just because people are always want to know more about where we are land-based practices because yeah capitalism is kind of lying to us and we know this so might as well go back to then practices that make us feel belong basically yeah exactly it's yeah it's also true very interesting I think uh, care I like the way that you are presenting things it's not always easy to encapsulate all these big ideas into words and focus it in but Mm -hmm. I like the what yeah the ideas that you're presenting so let's start to wrap it up everyone I'm going to buy a ticket I want to hear what people have to say so Demetrius how do people uh, find the Queer Astrology Conference is it pre-recorded is it live can you give us all the details Definitely. So yes, the the talks are pre-recorded, but it's a live event. Mm-hmm. Um, pre-recorded just makes less. Um, <laughs> there were some concerns last time. Let's say in twenty twenty. So pre-recorded, um, and it is all online, um, whether app uh, or excuse me, mobile, a desktop or laptop. I'm gonna make some adjustments so that runs smoother in the next day or so um people can find um let me back up and say we're in a new home so uh, queerastrology.com is our website we have a facebook page um that i monitor here and there uh there it's pretty quiet um queerastrology.com is going to point to circle we're on circle now circle is it reminds me of facebook groups sorry if you don't like facebook groups um but it has more containers. I do have fixed on my chart. <laughs> I also have, I have more mutable, ironically. Um, but I think it will allow us to 
um, during the conference and, and beyond the conference. And you can even go back and look at the other conferences to be able to connect and be virtual community because as like in this conversation, we are literally across the globe, if not the universe. Um, America, Australia, Berlin. We didn't have that in the ways that I wanted from the 2020. I misunderstood what uh, a key part of the technologies there that we used. And Circle has emerged and um, is swiftly bringing a lot. It wants to be an all-in-one site. It's not there yet, to be quite honest. Um, so queer, queer Astrology for this comp already lives there and for this sixth conference and going forward, we'll live there. So we have sort of an ongoing um, and a little, we literally have a space called the living room. Um, so we can connect and chat. There's plenty to talk about, as you both just said, um, by way of astrology and certainly um, working with the uh, I don't know if I want to call it a tool or energy, I don't know, but working with queer astrology um, in the ways that we've talked about in this conversation. Um, we'll continue, um, although we're varying it a little bit because we're using different technology this time, um, three different price points. So um, let, me get, let, my, let me get my language right today. So the ask, the requested sum is 63 um, for the conference. Supportive is 90. And then supported is 36. Those are all US dollar prices. Um, one of the things, one of the things I've loved since Queer Astrology Conference got started um, back in 20, technically 2012, coming off of the UAC in New Orleans, is um, how, did, how does Ian say, and I have loved this phrase and taken it to some other spaces, decoupling the dollar in the door, right? Some of what Kara's talked about is. We're not denying anybody because of money. And, and this is really not just about astrology conferences, although I could go on a very good rant about that. This is about conferences in general. It's been interesting for me to follow conversations in other fields and spaces, uh, the hotel, the air, or the train, or um, driving, um, the food, taking off time of work, particularly as astrologers. Mm. Um, uh, not that every, everybody that practices astrology is that's their main income, dot, dot, dot. So, um, we do want to be affordable, um, and we'll continue doing that um, there. Um, yeah, something else I feel like I didn't answer. Um, we'll be on Saturday, February 5th, live, um, 2 p.m. Eastern. We'll probably go to officially 9 p.m., mm -hmm. um, which is funny. I just wrote, uh, uh, the speakers will be there with their talk. Um, they will do a live Q&A. Um, I just thought of something technical, sorry, uh, or operational even, um, with their talk, and they, they may or may not respond into the chat um, during the talks. I think there's a way that a lot of speakers, um, their style, they need to just talk, and then they can later do the Q&A, but sometimes time runs over or whatever. So I'm trying to nip and tuck, if I could say it that way, things so they can be in the chat actually live. I've seen that at some other events, and the dynamic is quite fascinating because then people start paying attention to the live speaker, not the live talk, which, but they can go back to the talk, right, these options, right, because we're out of these um, uh, tried and true things about speaking. So I, I think that that gives you plenty, but I, I wanna stress that we're on Circle, which uh, I recognize is not a platform that a lot of people yet know, but Circle is, uh, circle.so is just the sort of general uh, uh, product, if I could call it that. It's, it's not Facebook without me going on a rant about that. It's not Twitter, which 
I still love, but I don't know about that. But yeah, the, the main reason we're using it is it seems to be the best technology to check a lot of boxes that we need to do a lot of things to do. But so we can just keep conversations ongoing. Um, as Vanessa, you probably recall, I don't know if you were able to come through in 2020 care, if you knew about us, but there were so many juicy talks that were very political um, and really used and still astrology and really useful. And I didn't, I felt like one of the things I didn't do correctly was leave a virtual space um, for each of those talks, right? There were almost four or talks, roundtables, or otherwise presentations. Um, and so that's why we're on circle. So we can have that going back to the first five queer astrology conferences and now the sixth one and then going forward. Mm, okay, cool. Well, I can't wait to watch the talks. I think it's really interesting, uh, Demetrius, what Demetrius pointed out, which was they were, because it's, it's true, I watched some of the ones from 2020 and it was a very political and it was very, you know, the beginning of this wave of everything's hardcore. And I, I know for myself, even I've backed off, I've got Aries Moon and all that fire as well. I've backed off and I've just thought, you know what, it's just all very stressful. Let's just be gentle with each other. I feel like Demetrius is bringing, uh, you're bringing your Cancer Moon as well to this, you know, speaking of care. And yeah, it's more gentle. It's more like, oh, actually, let's take a different approach. So I'm really happy to hear that's evolved. I think those conversations needed to be presented and put forward. And like you said, that space being made and now it's evolving into something else, which is so fantastic to see as such a, a growing community as well, you know, jump into the pool and, and keep developing all of this. I want to say two things to close for myself. Part of why queer astrology as a movement, because there are more pieces beyond the conference, but specific to the conference, which I've been largely involved with uh, most, like I said, but not all, is these political talks, irrespective of uh, people being queer, um, there's at least one speaker, uh, Sarah Reynolds, that spoke at the second one um, about, uh, well, I won't go into that, but, but fascinating talk about a, an Olympian. Um, still within the, 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 the framework, right, of, of queer uh, meets astrology is these talks don't, they haven't, and they still uh, struggle, if I could say it that way, to get opportunities to be on other quote-unquote stages in other spaces. Um, I'm still chewing on why, but meanwhile, I want to make sure, um, because there's so many more astrologers than there were in 20, you know, uh, 2020 and 2018 and, and then all the way back to 2013, uh, queer and not, um, queer identified, maybe I would say. And then the other thing I want to say that maybe everybody won't get now, but I don't know, uh, I've known it for a while as event producer, but it really hit strong um, more in the early pandemic with the lockdowns is events are so important for humans. Astrology is, can be such a solitary um, practice, at least the prep before you get to the clients or the writing the horoscopes or you know, when you get it to an audience or out to people. And I think this is a number of fields, but we need to talk shop and get together and expand our minds and drop a bias. And, oh, I don't need to use all these gendered words that I don't really know why Mars is 
often referred to or almost always as he and 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 and. We need to get together is what I'm saying as a car carrying Aquarius, as a Gemini rising, period, as humans, right? I think we all, uh, most of us are clear on that. And astrologers more so because my premise has been for 20 plus years, a little bit into me studying astrology. And, and I think I said this already, but maybe I can say it better now, or at least just repeat it. In the 21st century, we're going to need astrology to move humans forward. Um, we've got to be our whole selves. Um, we can still play with coins or money or whatever, but not at the detriment to the planet, not a detriment to ourselves, not a detriment to the animals. Uh, and arguably the universe if people want to go to Mars and the moon, back to the moon. And so I hope people will continue to embrace astrology. It's a fascinating tool. It is not a pseudoscience. Thank you very much. You won't even have sciences without astrology. Do your research. Hello. Exactly. Um, queer folks know how to have fun, y'all, among many, many other things. Come, come through. Come through. <laughs> Highly recommended. Yes. Well, see you all there. Looking forward to the conversations that come out of this as well. Speaking of your time is is coming, Demetrius, all the Aquarians will be watching as Pluto works its way through also. And I think it's crossed. And um, yeah, I agree. I think we've all realized how much community is important and it's been amazing to watch it grow and form actually in the queer community and with astrology as a bit of a linchpin on all of that. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Care and Demetrius, and talking about your talk and the conference. Thanks so much for putting this on, Demetrius. Amazing work, very important. And yeah, I think more and more relevant as well as, as people come in and uh, kind of leave that binary system and those really restrictive roles as well. So I think that this kind of um, ideas and yeah, just fostering ideas and community, having the conversations, asking the questions is really valuable work just for people generally, especially as we get into more, yeah, both both division and separation as well as the balance on the other end of the people realising, yeah, let's come together actually. So good mm -hmm. luck with the conference. Great luck. Good luck with your talk. And um, everyone, please uh, let us know how you go with this. What are your thoughts on queer and queer astrology in the community and what we've talked about? We would all love to hear feedback on that and keep that conversation going. Thank, Thank you, you so both much. for all your wisdom. Thank you, Vanessa, for having us on. Uh, if you want to keep the conversation going publicly, you can... Um, do you have a hashtag where well, you can tweet vegan D, V-E-G-A-N-D? Is there a hash? Uh, let's say hashtag QAC, as in Queer Astrology Conference 23. Um, at least the three of us are very curious to know who's listening and what they think about queer astrology. We are. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And how do we find you, Care? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Self Love Tribute, or my website is selflovetribute.com. Okay, so easy. You can find everything here. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. And everyone stay cosmic. Enjoy the conference. Thank you for joining me today. This has been Vanessa Montgomery. For more astro and modern mysticism, find me at astroallstars.com. Remember that's stars with a Z. Take care and stay cosmic.